0: Vaiha andanar vanavar aninam vilkha tanbunal veendanum unguha. I am very pleased to be here in your midst to be of useful to you
1: in explaining the situation of the Hindus in Sri Lanka. I am very grateful to Sri Jan Foundation and the organizers of this meeting, especially the
0: lady who introduced me to you for inviting me. I am very grateful to Mr. Ravi Raghavan, who suggested that I come to speak before you. I have with me a fellow
1: Hindu worker from Canada, Mr. Adiyar Vipulananda, who has come all the way from Canada to be in Delhi with me. I did not come specially for this meeting, but I came to attend to some other work, but you have been very kind enough to invite me to speak to you. Past 400 years of our history has made us minorities in the globe. The entire globe has only one region where the philosophy of the East is prospering, but it does not end there. The Pope has declared that this is the century for Asia, indicating that even this blot in the globe has to be dissolved, on the other hand, Islam also has declared to be its intent that this globe is only for Allah. Mm. (laughs) So, with this bleak scenario, our focus is a,
0: it's on Sri Lanka. This is where we are. At uh, East
1: Asia, we are 66,000 square kilometers of land. A mango-shaped island. The present population is around 2.3 crores or 23
0: million. You know, the entire region is a Hindu region.
1: If not for the last thousands, 1,000 years of history we would have been entirely Hindu. The Ramayana takes us to Sri Lanka. So, Hindus in Sri Lanka,
0: as old as Ramayana. This is the history behind our life. We were 100% Hindu just before the arrival of Buddha in Sri Lanka.
1: We shaped our own culture, we shaped our own traditions, our language, our literature, our economy, our emotions, our personalities, on our own without much interference until Buddha visited the country during his lifetime, three times. However, we did not take to Buddha very seriously until Asoka's time. Even then, Buddhism did not make a serious impact. It did not make a serious impact. It merged with the traditions that already existed, the Hindu traditions which existed in the country. It took most of it as it in India, the Hindu traditions were merged and assimilated into the Buddhist tradition. So much so, all the values the Hindus have in Sri Lanka are shared by the Buddhists. All the traditions we have in India, in, among the Hindus in Sri Lanka are shared by the Buddhists. And not an iota of difference between us and the Buddhists in terms of cultural values. But only one thing which divides us firmly is the language. A language that evolved thousand years ago in south of Sri Lanka. The Singhalese language. Before there were Tamils. The Tamil language was the language of the island. Period during which Adi Shankara lived and few centuries before was the revival of Shaiva, Vaishnava, and other sects of Hinduism in Southern India and Northern India. From, as our saints said, not from Buddhism or Jainism, from actors of Buddhism, those who acted as Buddhists and those who acted as Jains. The real Jains and the real Buddhists did not care, but those who Acted as Buddhists or wore the garb of Buddha bhikkhus. They were the ones who were subject to attack by the revival, Hindu revival. And in South India, it was during the 5th century, latter half of the 6th, 5th century and early half of the 6th century. And that was the cause. The entire Buddhist population from South India moved to Sri Lanka. Those who wanted to remain Buddhist, moved to Sri Lanka and their languages, they predominantly used Pali. Prakrit was script, Pali also was a script. All the uh, Buddhist literature up to 300 years ago was only in Pali. Only during the last three to four hundred years, they are writing it in Sinhalese. The script of the Singhalese language did not come up to about 800 to 900 years ago. There are no inscriptions in Sinhalese. All the inscriptions are either in Tamil or in Prakrit. The Sinhalese words did not exist at the time. The first sustainable literary work, was produced 500 years ago in Sinhalese. So, you will find all the South Indian languages except Tamil. The evolution was similar. In 1909 we were 25% of the... What we were 100% of the island in 2000 years ago, we were reduced to 25%. In 1901, when there was a formal census by the British, before that we had no formal census. We were reduced, we are now reduced to 12%. The Islamic population is now 10%. What was in 1909? 4%. In 1909, the Islamic population was less than 4%. The Christian population was less than 4%. Now the Christian population is 8%. All at the cost of Hindus. The Buddhist population has remained more or less static. They never attempt at conversions. Post-independence, we had a very happy life. Pre-independence, in 19... I want to tell you because this is a very important event in the history of Sri Lanka. In 1915... There were racial riots. The British had prior to that brought Muslims as traders to encroach into villages, Singhalese Buddhist villages and Indian villages. Because they could not market their own produce through Singhalese traders or Tamil traders, they brought Muslims traders. One incident in Kandy triggered the racial riots, 2000 years of a perehara, Buddhist perehara, procession, taking the relics of Buddha in procession in a street where a recent migrant Muslims came and started business, they blocked the Prohel. They blocked the procession. And the ensuring, ensuring riotous situation The British favoured their own invitees. They favoured the Muslims. Not one Muslim was arrested. Even though Muslims killed the Buddhists. 5,000 Muslims were arrested. My friend is here from Bengal. There is a Mahabodhi society. It was formed during the time. Anagariya Tharmabala was a Buddhist servant who was working in that area in India all in Sri Lanka. He was at Calcutta. The British arrested him also. He was in Calcutta. The riots was in Sri Lanka. But he was also arrested by the British. That was the support the British gave to the Muslims. So, the singular Buddhists had no leaders outside to vocalize their situation. We had a Hindu leader called Sir Panambulam Ramanathan. Who was a member of the State Council, elected by the Hindus. From their traditional areas. He spoke for the Buddhists in the State Council. The governor did not relent. That was wartime, World War I. He took a ship, travelled all the way to London, Convinced the British decision makers and got all the 5,000 Buddhists released. Including the leaders, Sinhalese. He came back by ship to Colombo. You know what the Sinhalese Buddhist did? He, when he alighted from the ship in the harbour, he was put in a chariot. Instead of horses... The leaders pulled him up to his house in the chariot. That was the gratitude they showed to the Hindu leader. He proclaimed always that he was a Hindu leader. Serponambalam Ramanathan proclaimed himself as a Hindu leader all the time. But he supported the Buddhists. If if not for him, the history would have changed. Buddhists may not have had the same amount of trust to seek independence during 1948. So, but forgetting all this, post-independent, the first thing the Buddhists did was to disfranchise Hindus. 10 lakhs of Hindus were disfranchised. 1948 and 92 bills. One in 1948, December 1948, and the other in June 1949. They took away the citizenship in 1948, and they took away the voting rights in 49. Ten lakhs of Hindus, who recently migrated from Tamil Nadu to Sri Lanka. That was in 1948 and 49. Immediately, 48. 8 February 4th was the Independence Day. 48 December, the first bill to disfranchise. The second was in 1949. In 1956, another bill was presented in parliament to make the singular as the official language. When Portuguese came, there were three kingdoms. One was a Hindu kingdom. Sir Francis, no, the Saint Francis Xavier from Goa came to Sri Lanka to convert. You know what the Hindu king did? He killed all his followers. And Francis Ivi escaped to India. 626 of them were killed. So we did not tolerate conversion. There was a Buddhist kingdom in the hill country. Another Buddhist kingdom in the west coast. There were three kingdoms when the Portuguese came. The first... They conquered the con- conquered the Western kingdom of Singhalese Kingdom. We Hindus supplied arms to them. We sent men to them to protect them from the Portuguese invaders. So the Portuguese thought and also Indian at the time India we had kings, Nayaka kings, post uh, allowed in Kilji period. Malik Kafur was invading. For 60 years, Malik Kafur plagued South India. The Nayakars from Hampi were able to get it back from the Sorry, Malik Kafur and his followers, and those they were they had kingdoms in Tanjore and Madurai. They sent armies to protect the Western. Buddhist-Singhalist kingdom. So as Hindus, we have protected the Buddhists all through. Whether it was with the Portuguese, or with the Dutch, or with the British, or with the Muslims. But the Singhalese forgot that. They in 1956, passed a bill in parliament to make Singhalese as the only language. Only language, no. We were 25% at the time. Hindus and speaking Tamil. Then in 1972, they brought another bill to give Buddhism priority status in the constitution. It was no more secular. It was secular. When the British left, they drafted a constitution which was secular, which did not speak about religion. But the 1972 constitution spoke about the Priority given to Buddhist religion in state affairs. So, we Hindus lost the language, the religious position we enjoyed for 10,000 long years in that island or more since Ravana's, Rama's time. For a section of the people who did not exist before 1000 years. We lost it at the hands of people who did not exist. A language did not exist before 1000 years. In the same land, we became language less. In 1972, we became religionless. We were second class or third class citizens in our own traditional homelands. We did not like it. So we resisted. One Hindu priest in 1958 was burnt inside a Hindu temple. Inside a Hindu temple, he was performing pujas, he was pulled out, kerosene was poured on him and he was burnt alive. I am not, this is the recorded history. That provoked the Hindus to re- take revenge young Hindus, to take revenge. And eventually it ended up in a big war that ended up in 2019. The war, the lamp tipping, killed 300,000 Hindus. After 1983, unable to bear the atrocities of a government and a people, The Hindus started migrating. When the war ended, the total number of migrants to other countries were 2.5 million. No, sorry, 1.5 million. 15 lakhs of Hindus migrated during a period of 20 years to 40 countries in the world. When they went there, they remained as Hindus. Not only they remain as Hindus, if you go to France, annually there is a big chariot festival conducted by the Hindus in the heart of the city. So in London, so in Toronto, the young the our person who has come along with me is from Toronto. He has, a, is the a founder of a Shiva temple. In Switzerland there are 23 cantons. In each canton, there is a Hindu temple, Shaiva temple. In Toronto, in Scarborough, in Quebec, in Vancouver, we have Hindu temples all over. In Italy, we have Hindu temples. So, we remain, why I am telling you is when 1.5 million Hindus migrated post-1983, maybe the Buddhists and the Sinhalese were happy. But, they did not know that the Hinduism has spread all over the world (laughs) as a result of the… We have taken Hinduism to countries wherever we went. Maybe the single would have said, okay, we have destroyed their temples, we have destroyed their… We have burned their priests, we have burned their properties, took away their language rights, took away their religious rights. Today, you know, 14th of February, January is the Pongal Day, Magara Sankranti. The Canadian Prime Minister celebrated the Pongal Day with, with Dothi and all that. The Singapore Prime Minister celebrated. In London Parliament, there were 10 MPs who were wearing Dothis and celebrating Pongal. should we not thank? <laughs> <clears throat> In a way, the riots helped us to propagate Hindu festivals outside celebrated by before the Canadian Prime Minister never thought about a Pongal Day. Now, we are left now with 12.5 lakhs of Hindus, which is 12.5 percentage of it, about 25 lakhs of Hindus in Sri Lanka, which is very much lower than the. South Indian Tamil Hindu population in Delhi. (laughs) The Tamil Hindu population of Sri Lanka is not as big as the Tamil Hindu population of Delhi. Delhi has 30 to 40 lakhs. I, I understand, I don't know whether it's true. Now, this is the Sri Lankan map showing you the Hindu areas. The densities, here is the largest density. Then you come. This has been recognized by the Rajiv Jaiwagana Accord as the Hindu homeland. 1987 Rajiv Jaiwagana Accord recognized this as a Hindu homeland. The first line states that. The balance, you know, this is the area where the uh, 10 lakhs of Hindus were differentiated. The upcountry plantation area where... Uh, the, the recent migrants from India went as plantations workers during the. Uh, so much so, you find in 1901 Muslims were like this. And now they are like this. There were small, small traders here and there. They did not make an impact as a population in any district. But now you take the eastern province, they are 45% from here to here. This is the eastern province, starting from here to here, the eastern province. What they were, in three centres now, they are 45%. The largest population, single largest population in the eastern province. They have made it here, here everywhere. So much so they have made an impact. And the Muslim representation in parliament jumped by 150% during this period of 100 years. There were not even one when the state council was there. Then one or two entered. Now, there are more than the number of Tamil representatives in the party. There are Christian, there are Buddhists. Now, this is an example of the atrocities committed by the Christians on Hindus. There is an arch put up by the Hindus to celebrate Mahashivaratri at a temple worshipped by Rama. The temple was, the Shivat Lingam at the temple was worshipped by Rama at the end of the war. We put up an arch on the day before Shivaratri. These are Christian hooligans, they come and they come and break, they, they broke the arch. Now, this is another instance where a Christian has, you know, that's a police report in 2017. Here, he was injured. That was a Thiruvadhari day on December. They were taking a procession and the Christians attacked him. The boy was injured. This is, on Navaratri day, the Muslims entered the sanctum, sanctorum of the temple, chased a person, cut his head, and broke the idols. So, I went there to, you know, I was there to help them out with the police and all that. This is in another temple where they have broken up the idols.
0: So there, we we organized a protest march. No, but this message is that the name of the road for
1: many hundred years was, because there was a temple, the road's name is Vinayaka, Ganapati or Vinayaka Road. Now it is Mosque Road. The name has been removed, the Vinayaka.
0: Temple Road name has been removed and it has been renamed. This shows, you know, the government of Sri Lanka appointed a
1: Muslim as a Hindu affairs minister. (laughs) We protested and, you know, in two days' time, I wrote a letter to the government saying, Scrap the ministry instead of appointing a Muslim as a minister. <laughs> we don't want a ministry for Hindus. The the there was a cartoon putting my face and saying, Why don't you make this man a Islamic affairs minister? <laughs> now these are the areas where the Christians, Buddhists and the Muslims are spearheading their aggressive activities. Here in Mulyativu, the Buddhists have constructed a temple. Here also the Buddhists, here also the Buddhists, here also the Buddhists. These are all areas where the Buddhists have constructed in new temples. There are no Buddhists in the area. There are no Buddhists in this area. Post war, like any other aggressive government or an army, the, when the Portuguese came, they started breaking temples and building Christian churches. The Muslims with are breaking. Now Buddhists are also doing it. Now, this is a story about 4037 persons converted to Islam and Christianity in one district, the MP has, you know, submitted a report in the parliament. He is the MP from Jaffna, 85% Hindu majority province, northern province. He is the vice president of the Methodist church and below is his wife. This is his wife. This is the MP. Their full time job. Paid by an evangelistic organization. In UK. Is to convert. We have an MP. Who is a priest. Who is a converter. A Christian. These are missionaries. Going about. Doing conversion work. You know. These are Advertisements. Anybody knowing Tamil will know. If you want to change your name, you have to go to the Registrar's office and then you have to advertise. Every day in newspapers, minimum 30 such advertisements appear. Minimum 30 such advertisements. Either to Christianity or to Islam. Now, we are posting, look look at this poster. We, our volunteers are posting conversionists do not enter this place. Mm-hmm. So far, we have posted about 10,000 posters in various of acute conversion. And you know, I, I work for an organization called Shivasena in Sri Lanka. So, we put the name Shivasena here. The name itself is now anathema <laughs> to Christians and Muslims. They are very much worried, they want to kill me also. Because we put this. They want, want, They are writing repeatedly in the social media that I should be eliminated. Because we do this. To put, to put up 15,000 posters in vulnerable areas is a very difficult job. Even the volunteers could be easily attacked. But we are doing it. We are continuously doing it. We are not stopping it. He is Mohan Lazarus from Tamil Nadu. You have heard about him. He calls every temple a board of Satan. He came. There was a poster in Sri Lanka. Where he is also, was also speaking. I went to the police. You can see my name here. I went to the police and complained. This man has come into the country. With foreign funds. And foreign missionary. Activity. On a tourist visa. So the police banned him. Now he cannot come. He can come on a on a visa that will allow him to speak at, but the government of Sri Lanka will not give. It does not issue. It does not have a system to issue such visas. They have only tourist visa, business visa, student visa. <laughs> so he has to come in a tourist visa. He was there in. Uh, both of them were came from. Both of them were. Man, they, they cannot come to Sri Lanka on, anymore on tourist visa. We, this is what we are doing. We are on, on you know, these are our volunteers. Can you see how they are finding difficult to climb and putting Nandi flags. Nandi represents uh, Hindu. The last king of Jaffna, Hindu king who I told you about, Sir Francis Xavier, his flag was Nandi. So, we are hosting Nandi flags everywhere. See, in front of every house. And in front of every house, we put a poster. Conversionists don't come. And we provide a book, because in most areas, people do not have books on scriptures. So, we provide the book of verses, which can be used for each of the 12 months. For Navaratri, Festival scriptures will be there. Sivaratri festival scriptures will be there. New year festival. All that. Also for last rites. For uh, marriages. For births of children. Because these are the times when the Christian missionaries go. When you have a person who is dead in a house. the, the We have sometimes no priest in that place. So we... He has to wait until he comes from a distant village. In the meantime, the pastor goes there or the father goes there. Not only he goes, he goes with the coffin box. Provide the coffin box. Stay there for some time waiting for the Hindu priest come, nobody turns up. He starts telling the prayer. He takes the coffin along with the relatives to bury or burn. There also he conducts the prayer. Three days he provides them with food, everything. Now the family is indebted to the father. So we are providing scripture books with where the family can recite the prayer themselves. And this flag and the poster in, the, in front of the house. That's what we are doing. We, I, this house is also built. One family, the father was offering the children education in a Christian school. I was, I was asked to intervene. So, I went there, I saw the family had no thatched roof, not even a thatched roof they had. They only had some barricades, no drinking water nearby. This children, the, the, the man had suffered injuries during the war. So, there was no earning member in the house. So, I, I, I went to the commander of the army. <laughs> I told him that this is so he built this house for them he's a Buddhist a good Buddhist he also does not like conversions so he built this house put a tube well for them and you know similarly he built many houses it's at my instance' is also again now he' is from Tamil Nadu his name is he is from Tamil Nadu his name is Rama, Rama ravi Kumar we heard that 110 families were about to be converted. I did not know what to do. I telephoned Ramaravi Kumar. He came. He crossed into and started conducting prayers in the temple. Then went house by house, removed the picture of the Jesus Christ, which he had done is put on the uh, holy ash on their foreheads, reconverted back to Hindu fold told them how to pray. He did some missionary work house by house to take back the 110 families which were about to be converted or more or less converted. So this is one girl who was lured into Christianity by by the MP whom I showed the Methodist mission MP, Sumandran. We landed, after he left, we went there. <laughs> we told the parents, your daughter is being. So, the parents were shocked to hear that they brought the daughter back. We gave her books, we put her flag on and all that. And, you know, we got her back into our fold. Now, this is what the MP is writing.
0: Bought our work during... The MP is the president of the,
1: vice president of the Methodist Church. He is writing this in the report of the Methodist Church, annual report of the Methodist Church. He is writing that we are a hindrance to his progress of conversion. (laughs) Now, these are the areas where the Christian missionaries are very active. Converting. So what we have done is, we have gone with flags, books, and posters, and the name Shivasena is a, is a, is a <laughs> name they they fear now. We this is about cow slaughter. We had a procession. and then we had a fast where even a buddhist priest participated buddhist priest hindu uh, sadhu chinmaya mission sadhu myself and many people we had a fast and the cow slaughter is a matter for the local councils it's not a national thing any local council can decide whether in its area cow can be slaughtered for meat or not so we have after this fast, seven local councils have passed resolutions to stop slaughter, Even though it's a loss of income for them. Because they rent out beef stalls. It's a loss of income. But we persuaded them, went there and got them to stop auctioning for beef stalls. Eventually abattoirs were closed. Now we, we put this post everywhere. 10,000 year tradition of cow protection. Please elect people who will not pass resolution to slaughter cows. We said no more beef stalls. We have processions. This is about a, a news item where cows are stolen by these fellows too. No, if even you give them a license for one, they will do hundreds during Ramzan. Now, this is a Buddhist local council head. I went all the way, driving 400 kilometers down south, to congratulate him. This Buddhist priest and this man, and we invited him to Jaffna. And, you know, we felicitated him. Why I am showing you all that is that is very difficult. We are working under now this is another felicitation for those members of the seven local councils in northern province. So these are uh, uh, these dots represent the local council where the uh, you know three plus four, seven, eight now, eight local councils are banned council. Now this is a this is on animal sacrifices. We conducted a fast to stop animal sacrifices. Now we are working on a program, this is where which concerns you. Sri Lanka is a country which has a Hindu population. Where do we f- go for pilgrimage? To Jerusalem? To Makkah? Where do we go for pilgrimage? <laughs>
0: it's-
1: to Varanasi, to Ayodhya, to Haridwar, Rishikesh, Chidambaram. Can we go to the West? Can we go to Africa? Can we go to Australia? This is the only land where he, we can come on pilgrimage. But now the Hindus have to take a long route. Hindus are here, I told you. They all have to come to Colombo. That is the only departing point in India, in Sri Lanka now no other arrival departure for planes in sri lanka there is only one point they have to come to chennai or trichy and then you know all related expenses even for this sabarimala they come in large numbers around a lakh of people come to sabarimala they have to take this route it cost one passenger one pilgrim about 90000 indian rupees can i afford it I can't afford it, I am telling you, 90,000 is a big sum for me. What about the below the poverty line? Hindus, who are the majority after the war, who form the majority after the war. Can they afford? So, they form easy prey to the missionary activities. You have no priest, you have no pilgrimage, you have no temples. What do What do I do as a normal... Uh, peasant if somebody comes and offers me meat food, uh, prayer at home take me to the funeral place offer me even pilgrimage to Jerusalem what do I do oh I am a Hindu I will not come I should be a fool (laughs) so I am asking you in India to allow us to travel between these two points this takes only two hours by ship So that we will take all the Hindus from here straight to Chidambaram and then on to the north by train. That will cost them only 10,000 to 20,000 Indian rupees. That is one-fifth of the cost. One-fifth of the cost. 10,000 to 15,000. Today we both of us paid our hotel bill. For one week we are staying in a very good hotel. You know how much we paid? five to six thousand each so it's it, you know that is an affordable price you if the Hindus cannot afford a pilgrimage i am telling you you are losing the Hindus my request to the Hindus in india is please persuade your government of india to run a ship for us a pilgrim ship only nothingness we want a pilgrim ship During festival times, not always, we have, you know, a festival in Sivaratri. Sivaratri is a festival, we want to come to India, we want to come to Varanasi, we want to go to Kalahasi, we want to go to Trivannamalai, we want to go to Rishikesh. Can we go now? Spending 90,000, 1 lakh Indian rupees. So, please let us come this way. Sivaratri is there. The new year is there. You know, the April new year. For all of you, it's new. April, for all of us. We want to come and worship at temples. We want to fulfill our vows. We want to emotionally strengthen ourselves. Prayer is the best form of emotional strength. So let us come. Please, let us come. here Every two months, we will have some festival. So, for ten days. Uh, you can even run one or two ships during that time. Maybe if you can't run every six, two months, you can run it for even two ships, two times a year, we'll be grateful to India. And you will have brothers in Sri Lanka who will remain as Hindus. (laughs) Now, this is a... You see, I'm speaking to the governor of the northern province on this. The Sri Lankan government has agreed. You see... And in, in fact, the government was registering people to go. See, even the Navy has, you, you see the Navy wrote to me and said, please arrange for the ship soon. So the Sri Lankan government is fully with us on this. We want India to come to our help. Now, we bring a lot of Indians. You know, I met Honorable Minister Shipping last time when I came. Regarding the ship, nothing came out. You know, our friend Arun Arun Upatia met the Honorable Minister for External Affairs. Mm-hmm. I, we, we the Hindu delegation met the Shri, Indian High Commission in Sri Lanka. Your Swarupdas Kupda, you remember, your 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 MP in Rajya he has written letters to the government of. This, I told you about a Hindu king who met Francis Xavier's aggressive conversion. He is the one. He was responsible for the massacre of 626 converts Francis Xavier brought from India. In fact, Francis Xavier <laughs> Francis Xavier escaped from India because the Zamorins of Calicut and the nayakars of South India were driving him madly. He was able to operate in Goa because that was a Portuguese fort. The Goa was a Portuguese fortress. But he came down south on uh, missionary evangelistic work. The Zamorans of Calcutta did not allow him. So he came further south to kanyakumari The Nayaka kings of South India drove him. So he came to Sri Lanka. So we drove him out. <laughs> Our king, we drove him out. He brought the converts also. And in the, in the process, his son was killed. Because initially King Shankly thought there is a small idea, so he sent his son as is uh, with an army. They imprisoned him. Portuguese army imprisoned the son into supporting Francis Xavier. So he personally went. You should be happy that we did not for the past four hundred years, five hundred years of. Our Hindu existence in Sri Lanka, we have worked against conversions. Not once, not this year. I will tell you an instance in in the Dutch period. The Dutch governor suggested that for his fort, one village supplies a cow. The village leader should supply one cow for the the garrison. So, people were supplying. But those who did not want to supply, escaped to India. Took the route I showed you. Took this route. They they were here, they just came across. Now we can't come. Both the Sri Lankan Navy and Indian Navy will intercept us and stop us. We cannot come, unless otherwise both governments agree and provide it. But at that time, when the Dutch wanted to impose their cultural traditions and supply cows to their garrison, we escaped and came to Chidambaram. We have 32 chowtries in Chidambaram for visiting pilgrims, only run by us, owned by us. But we don't use it now because we can't come in such large numbers. Now, you see, our friend uh, who's come from Canada is supplying shivalingas. We are installing shivalingas in almost all places where they were destroyed already. This is another shivalinga we have installed. We conduct group meetings. You know, Mr. Sriram is here from Jana Jagruti, this is Uma, Uma from his organization, Uma and Shanpak Vinayak came to Sri Lanka like uh, Rama Ravikumar, then this is Rama Ravikumar who came from India, this is Uma who came from India. Similarly, we have many visitors from India to encourage us. But we don't go for public meetings because the tourists cannot address public meetings. But we can always have prayer meetings inside halls. That is not. And then Ramaravi Kumar came back. Ramaravi Kumar came back to Chennai after seeing the situation, had a photo exhibition of the situation in Sri Lanka. You know, from Bengal, Mr. Tappankosh has come to Sri Lanka. This is from the BJP. This is our MP from Sri Lanka. We came and met your BJP. I met Guruji. I met uh, Sipiradakshen MP. have met, uh, you know, these are my meetings with various people. Seeking your support, this is my, Shri Ram is here, this, you can see, I have gone to Goa several times to attend these meetings and they now support our activities in a big way. I was in the Chicago conference, this is, this is again Shri Ram's paper, where they publish all our news, you see, you saw the earlier picture where we broken idols, they have carried that in their newspaper. This is our MP in Sri Lanka, in Chennai. Now, this news is very important. I told you that I have threats, sometimes death threats. They have complained to the Sri Lankan government. I was a terrorist. Yeah. You see, I was invited by the terrorism in investigation department to be present. And I went there. <laughs> see, this is a news item saying that I was asked to come for TID. Can we you can see, see that? Yes, we can see TID is yeah. Terrorism Investigation Department. For my work, for what am I doing? Am I terrorist? <laughs> but the Muslims have written a letter to the Saying that I am a terrorist, <laughs> see, this is how they write, Siva Sena is leader openly anti-Muslim, anti-Christian, bigot. See, he says, I am a madman. He's one post. These are posts, but he says my, my request to remove Sumandran from the you know I, I wrote a letter asking Sumandran to be taken off the membership from the parliament. See, they say I am I am I am sowing seeds of um, religious extremism. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> See, these are, they are quoting my posters, you know, Madhavala is a Muslim thing, they are putting in their post, whatever I said. And they also, this news is about, they say the RAW is giving me funds. (laughs) See, that type of, see, these are all news about, um, about, uh, you know, trying to defame me. This says I am a traitor. I don't know how. See, beefing of anti-Muslim and anti-Christian religious fanaticism by Pradesh Shabha of Nalur is unconstitutional. See, when the local council passed at my request, one fellow writes, it's unconstitutional. He happens to be a Hindu. We can relate. This happens with us also. When this is about a complaint to the election commission that we were asking Hindus to vote for two Hindus. This is a complaint. This is a news about an election complaint. This is what I did in 19, you know, because 1977 My work started even then I was doing this work. So, when people think that I have been funded by India recently, I have started. So, I had to put this to them and say, no, 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 this is not something new. Okay, I, I think I have given my best to you. Thank you for listening.